Welcome to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze Back to the Future, greatest movie of all time, one minute at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez. And I'm Scott Corelli. And today we are going all the way back to minute 33, in which starts with the uh, Peabody family peering into their barn as they stare at um, God knows what from God knows where, uh, <laughs> creeping out of the, the hay, and ends with Marty apologizing about crashing into the barn. Yep. Um, so, let's... Uh, let's talk about the DeLorean hazard lights. Because, of course, yeah, please. Because what I love about the DeLorean hazard lights, I mean, I don't know a lot about cars, but I don't think the hazard lights ever, like, automatically come on. It's usually a switch or a button you have to hit to mm-hmm. turn them on, right? So that means that <laughs> Marty crashed into the barn and then turned the hazard lights on. <laughs> I, be- I better turn these on just in case. <laughs> Just little guys, just little guys. Just sat there until someone found him. (laughs) Well, I know what to do. (laughs) Hazard, Doc told me what to do about this. Now, Marty, if you're ever in an accident, just pull over and turn on the hazard lights. (laughs) Um, so we hear uh, we hear someone say, "Pa, what is it?" And then we cut over and we find out that it's it's Mrs. Peabody saying. Pa, what is it? Now, look, some things I just can't abide by, and I don't, I hate, like, I've always hated it when married couples refer to each other as mom and dad. Oh, yeah? I hate that. It feels creepy and gross to me. Oh, man. Like, it's one thing when you refer, when they're referring to them, to each other, like, to their kids. You know, like they're like like oh, you know, well, mom said this, like that. That's fine. Oh yeah, that that's fine. But what she's doing is talking directly to him, and saying, "Oh, asking, with no kids around." Yeah, yeah. Well, the kids are there, but he, she's not referring to him to the kids. Yeah, it's like it's just talking to him, like human to human. Yeah, and she's saying "pa," and I'm just <laughs> like, "You have had sex with this man at least twice." Mm-hmm. Don't call him Pa. Like my gram, uh, my parents call each other Grandma and Grandpa because they're grandparents. Oh, that's so. That's just weird to me. I don't. But know. then again, I don't know what they call each other when I'm not around. Yeah, like, that's true. It, it's always like, oh, you know, well, you know, oh, Grandma's late. You know, like, oh, yeah, be, yeah. That's super weird. All right, so let's talk about the Peabodies. Mm-hmm. We got a uh, sly reference to uh, other time travelers that you may have heard of. Yes, yes, because you have Otis Peabody, the uh, patriarch, and you have Elsie Peabody, the matriarch, and then you have Sherman Peabody, uh, who is the son, and uh, obviously, you know, Sher- uh, Peabody and Sherman. Mr. Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Yeah, Mr. Peabody and Sherman. And then you have the daughter, Martha Peabody. Um, and Martha. Martha, Martha, Martha Peabody. Um, and a uh, couple of things about them. I don't, did you look up the actors? I did not. Okay. So I did. Um, so Ivy Bethane plays Elsie. It's a Game of Thrones name. Yeah. Uh, she plays Elsie, uh, the, the matriarch, uh, Mrs. Peabody. Uh, and she was late to set. 
that day, and mm. Dorothy Byrne, just one of the random hairdressers, was ready to play the role. Like she was, she was in costume, ready to go. Almost then, a little too ready. Yeah, and then and then Ivy uh, Ivy Bethane showed up. Uh, and, Aww. And then at like the last second, um, and got to uh, got to play the role. Um, now here's the one that here's the one that I love this this piece of trivia that I found. Okay. So Catherine Britton plays Martha Peabody. Martha mm-hmm. Peabody being the only one that we don't know anything about. She's just <laughs> there. She has pigtails. Yeah. That's her character. Right? Yeah. Because she doesn't say anything. Um, she just peers and looks mm-hmm. shocked at what she's She does seeing. great. She gives great creeped out kid face. Yeah. Here's what's great about Catherine Britton. <laughs> I look up Catherine Britton and I double checked this. I looked at I looked at three different sources to make sure that this was correct. Okay, great. So Catherine Britton, uh Catherine Britton of the time of this she was at the time of filming this, she was 36 years old. <laughs> oh, wow. She's 36 years old. She was born in 1949. <laughs> Does she does she have one of those like degenerative kind of? Like... I don't think so. <laughs> so she just. I think looks... she's just wearing makeup and dressed down into like a child in and child is, and, and is like five two. Because this was a normal thing. I mean, remember how old everyone was on nine hundred two one zero? Like sure, yeah, but this is just. But but Sherman is clearly a boy, right? But we don't know. A... We also don't know how old Martha's supposed to be. That's true. That's true. Maybe she's 36. Yeah, she could just be like, you know, like a shrew living at home, you know? Yeah, yeah, she could be like an old an old maid. Yeah, I mean, who knows? She Not could... unlike Marty's sister. Mm-hmm. How do I ever meet anyone? Right, right. So, you know, who knows? Um, maybe uh, maybe Martha was homeschooled and uh, never true. met anybody. I mean, in, in this shot, it's because she's hunched over, but she looks about Sherman's height, but we don't know. Yeah, yeah. But I, I just think it's funny that she's thirty six. She's thirty six. <laughs> um, so uh, other yeah, thing, I, I, I guess now that I look at her like in these close ups, she does kind of look like one of those those people that could be you kind of ageless, you know? Yeah, she looks like one of those one of those women who gets a role in a children's live action show, sure. and and kind of acts like a kid but is yeah. obviously an adult like the like the woman who played the main character on um big comfy couch you remember oh hell yeah yeah where she had like she has a very youthful energy about her but mm-hmm. you could tell like oh yeah that she's totally like she's like 30 36 yeah and you can yeah. tell that after hours she just throws down right right she's just like Bitch who's got my cigarette drank 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 yeah um <laughs> so the other thing I love about the Megan, Peabody's Peabody, yeah. The other thing I love about the Peabody's is that they came, they came. Weirdly, Mrs. Peabody, uh, Elsie, she is the most prepared of the bunch because Mr. Peabody just comes with a lantern. Sure, Mrs. Peabody has a broom. So, <laughs> so at least a broom. I mean, you could probably use a lantern as a weapon. Yeah, you know, you could throw it on the hay and burn right, the whole right. barn you down. Just burn the barn down. Burn um, it all. You could, I mean, you definitely could use use it as a weapon, but it's not, it's not some, it's not my, it wouldn't be my first choice as my line of defense. 
sure. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but Mrs. Peabody grabbed a broom. Now that is obviously, she's obviously wanting some so- sort of weapon of some sort. Yeah. I mean, like I, I think her reasoning is it's probably some sort of varmint. Right. Totally. What got, what got in the barn. You right. Know, and exactly. She's have to chase it out. Like Mrs. Um, Sherman, however, uh, uh, he just, he brought a comic book. <laughs> like, he just brought it with him. Well, I better bring this with me. I don't know how long I'm, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how long I'm going to be out there. I might, I might need to read this comic book. Uh, Martha has nothing. Um, Martha, yeah, Martha didn't bring. Well, I mean, because we don't know. Maybe Martha's like you know can handle herself. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe uh, Martha Peabody. I'd watch that spinoff. Yeah. Let's see what that's about. When I was, um, when I, when I was 36 years old, a car <laughs> crashed into my family's barn. So the comic that Sherman Peabody has is Tales yes. from Space number 8 from August 1954. Uh, featuring so it's an story. old comic. What's that? So it's an old comic. Yeah, featuring, well, sort of. It's featuring the, the story Space Zombies from Pluto. Um, which is just a bunch of meaningless words strung together. Also, almost the title of the movie. Well, not quite. Although I do, almost. I do have that. I do have that story. Um, okay, cool. But uh, and it's and it's an EC Comics. The only thing that's real about the comic is that EC Comics was an actual comic book company. They very made. famous comedy. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. They're they're uh, the seduction of the innocent. Like kind of mm-hmm. crushed them. Um, which was a book written in the fifties that said Batman and Robin were gay and that, you know, uh, there's like all this creek, you know, sadomasochistic, like sexual right. comics were ruining children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's why, uh, old comics are worth so much now, uh, is because there's not many of them because most parents yeah. burned all their kids comics. Like, there were, yeah, kind of like Dun- Dungeons and Dragons in the eighties. Right. Totally. Um, yeah. So so that's why, you know, your collection of 80s, 90s comics, 70s comics, they don't they don't they're not worth anything because Yeah, not just because they're bad, but because like they they printed so many. Right, they printed so many and they still exist because no one was burning comics at that point. <laughs> um, um you know who uh you know who had a lot to do with the um sort of underground kind of comic and <clears throat> comic business around this time was uh Leonardo DiCaprio's father, George DiCaprio. Really? Mm-hmm. He was a big uh, underground comic book distributor. Interesting. So, like, you know, uh, Robert, like Robert Crumb, Harvey Picar, like those kind of guys, more so than, like, you know, EC Comics. But hmm. after that whole business was going down, you know, as, like, comics, like, oh, maybe these aren't for kids. Right, right. Yeah. George DiCaprio. Um, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Um, so this comic was uh, created by production illustrator Andrew Probert and uh, actually had a, uh, had a had a life after this as a uh, reused prop um, mm. in other things, uh, much like the, um, uh, you know, like the potato chip bag that you see in like every sitcom yeah. ever. Or like the thing about how Ed O'Neill's been reading the same newspaper for 20 years. Right. Totally. Yeah. Um, this this particular, this comic actually appeared on Third Rock from the Sun and Heroes. Mm. Two NBC shows, NBC being owned by Universal, which made Back to the Future. So there's the connection there. Jenga. Yeah. Same, uh, same prop house. Um, 
And then, of course, the uh, the comic book was the impetus behind the uh, famous Sid Sheinberg story um, in which he suggested that Back to the Future was a nonsense title and didn't make any sense uh, because he didn't apparently understand. He's like, you can't go back to the future. That doesn't make any sense. He's like, did you did you read the script, Sid? Do you- it's, it's, it's a line in the movie. It's only it, they pulled. It's not like train spotting where it's right. like. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's literally an action. Like, that's the thing. Okay. So, that, so anyway. Sid Sheinberg, who was like the studio head at the time. Um, I think he was the studio head. He was, it was some sort of like studio guy, like mm-hmm. big wig producer studio guy. Um, and he sent a memo to set that said, Hey, you know that, uh, space zombies from Pluto thing. Why don't you call the movie spaceman from Pluto? Uh, because that is never a thing in the movie once. Um, <laughs> There's space zombies from Pluto, and he's a spaceman from the planet Vulcan, but he's never a spaceman from Pluto. That'd be um, a hell of a title. But he was like, he was like, yeah, let's – what, spaceman from Vulcan? Yeah. Um, yeah, so he's, he's like, yeah, spaceman from Pluto. That'll be a great title. That'll, that'll really sell the movie. And then uh, – we're and he, and he basically just said, like, we're changing the title. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be great. And then – Steven Robert Zemeckis brought that note, that memo to Steven Spielberg and was just like, what are we going to do? Because that is a terrible title. (laughs) Steven Spielberg is just like, I know exactly what to do. So he writes a reply memo that basically says, (laughs) says to Sid, thanks Sid for your really funny memo. We all had a big laugh about it. (laughs) Oh, bitchy Spielberg. (laughs) And then they never heard back from Sid because he was too embarrassed. To say that he was serious. <laughs> oh, it's such that is the best. Like that is that that story tells me everything I need to know about beyond his technical uh talent, yeah. the reason that Spielberg made it. Like he just, <laughs> he knows what he he knows how to deal with those people, you know? Yeah, he's like this is like no everyone wins, no one feels bad. Right. He he's gonna feel a little embarrassed, but It'll be fine. Don't, you know, it's fine. Um, it's really great. Uh, so then the Gullwing door opens. And we get that great hissing whoosh sound effect mm-hmm. that I wish DeLoreans actually made. Yes, yeah. Because the DeLorean, the Gullwing door, when you open it, it just sounds like a car door opening. Yeah, just kind of a... Yeah, just a regular car door. It's just on a hinge, you know? So... That hissing, like, noise, like, it's so good. I love that. Um, it's very satisfying mm-hmm. as far as uh, uh, sound effects go. It's just a very, very uh, satisfying thing. Um, I love that Mrs. Peabody and Mr. Peabody scream. Yeah. Um, this is this is not a sexist film. They both scream. Sure. <laughs> it's really great. Uh, <laughs> I'm scared, too. Oh, um, and then there's cows. So he has cows too. Yeah. Every, no. Yeah. He just has everything. Yeah. Yesterday we were just like, oh yeah, he's got chickens and. Hey, what does old man Peabody do? I'm a farmer. Yeah. Now he's just. Got cow- what do you farm? I farm. I'm a farmer. We just change old McDonald to old, uh, old, old man Peabody. Old man had a 36 year old daughter that lived at home. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Um, 
And then like Mar- that's that's we find the cows because he trips on the hay and looks up and sees cows. And then he like comes walking out of the barn. And the barn has that like cool um uh Ghostbusters like firehouse door. Mm-hmm. Um where there's like the big door and then the little door inside the big door. Totally. Yeah. Um he comes out and is uh Hello. <laughs> Sorry about your barn. Uh he's so polite. Yeah, he's a good kid. What a great guy. Um, what do you what what notes do you have? Uh not much. Just weird farm. It is a weird farm. Um I mean I assume that's maybe he kept starting different farms and realizing that there was too much competition and that's why he decided he was gonna do something really crazy and start a yeah. pine tree farm. So, you know, I feel like we the the McFly family sometimes felt like a very like Arthur Miller kind of tale of like a suburban family in like limbo and you know kind of like a living hell. I feel like in the Peabody story, there's sort of room for like a like John Steinbeck like epic. Oh about, yeah, grapes about like wrath one kind of thing. yeah grapes wrath east of Eden kind of this like a, a story of like you know ah, that was some of the Paul decided to start farming cows. Yeah. We didn't even know that Pa knew anything about cows, but that didn't stop Pa. Well, that's what what's interesting is um in the in the nineteen thirties I think that's that's right. Let me let me look this up just to make sure. I think it's the nineteen thirties. Um the where the Back to the Future game takes place. Mm-hmm. Uh there it's actually because it's it's Peabody Ranch right now. Because it's it, they're gonna be a pine tree ranch, mm-hmm. um, but in uh, in uh, the game there it's actually Peabody Farms in the thirties. Okay. So so the farm has been there a while. It's just it's Otis is um, you know trying all kinds of new things. Good for him. Yeah, <laughs> nineteen thirty one. Um, in uh, in the game, so uh, he's uh, I, I I like this idea of like Otis Peabody not wanting to be a farmer, and but then getting stuck with the farm somehow. Yeah, like maybe he had to. Right, but he his dream is to not be not be the same man as his father, so he just like is trying all these new endeavors mm-hmm. to uh, uh, try to differentiate himself because his dad was like this like great farmer that like saved the town yeah but but never respected his son because his son was a dreamer a fairy (laughs) a dreamer that hated aliens (laughs) always hating aliens (laughs) what they ever do to you boy (laughs) watch the skies (laughs) yes pa (laughs) Uh. Yeah. So, so anyway, can't keep moving west. Y'all just leave me here to die. <laughs> that actually uh, lines up, right? Because Great, Great Depression was in yeah. the twenties, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they like moved west during the Everyone depression. Did. California way. Yeah, toward California, started a farm. Uh, it works died. out. That works out. Um. 
All right. Well, that's all I got for this minute. Yeah. Um, if you want to email us, our website is backtothefutureminute.com. Our email is contact at backtothefutureminute.com. Uh, Twitter, uh, Scott is at Scott Corelli. I'm Nick M. Jimenez. And you can tweet us at BTTF Minute. We love hearing from you guys. Our Tumblr, if you're into the if you're into the Tumblr, uh, bttfminute.tumblr.com. Uh, send us some supernatural gifts. And uh, we love those. I won't know what they mean. Um, <laughs> um, you can find us on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. Love Facebook. Uh, go on iTunes. Leave us a review. Uh, uh, we had some reviews uh, the other day from some international listeners. We love hearing from you guys all over the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, makes us feel like we're part of a part of a community. Great big brotherhood of man. Not <laughs> writing is our podcast where we just talk nonsense for sometimes upwards of two hours. Um, we just recorded one, so you'll hear one in like two or three months. Uh, <laughs> um, the hopefully, hopefully sooner. Than hopefully, that. hopefully a lot sooner. Uh, the Doctor's Companion, Doctor Who's better than ever, and you can listen to me, Scott, and Cassandra Fedrickson talk about each new episode every single week. Uh, subscribe to that on iTunes. And coming January sixth, Geek by Night, the audio series that Scott and I are executive producing and writing and directing. And that comes out January 6th, but if you just, just if you're really excited, you can go on iTunes right now and subscribe to the podcast or wherever you do that. And even cooler is you can support us financially through Patreon and Geek by Night. And there's all sorts of cool goodies. You, we are, we're going to have original donor exclusive podcasts, uh, eventually like content and treasure maps. Uh, that last so, yeah, one is not true. Not true at all. Not even a little bit. <laughs> but uh, but if you subscribe at uh, $10 or more a month, uh, you have a chance to be a uh, a, a guest on uh, one of our podcasts. That includes Not Writing, The Doctor's Companion, or this show you're listening to right now. So we're going to be doing um, – later on in the film, we're going to be doing a Patreon All-Star Week and if you are one of those Patreons and you choose to be the a guest on this show, um, we're going to give you a minute of uh, Back to the Future to guest on that week. So you'll be able to be on the show. Yeah. yeah. Be a part of history. History. Podcasting history. History of the making. Um, all right. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the 34. Bye. Happy Wednesday. Bye.